folks. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Restoration Project's weekly podcast. The Restoration Project is a cooperative Baptist fellowship church located in Salisbury, Maryland. We are taking a break from our latest sermon series. Enjoy this standalone episode. Thanks for listening. The text for tonight is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 14. There are different spiritual gifts, but the same spirit. And there are different ministries and the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. A demonstration of the spirit is given to each person for the common good. A word of wisdom is given by the spirit to one person. A word to knowledge to another according to the same spirit. Faith to still another by the same spirit. Gifts of healing to another in the one spirit. Performance of miracles in another. Prophecy to another. The ability to tell spirits apart to another. Different kinds of tongues to another. And the interpretation of the tongues to another. All these things are produced by the one and same spirit who gives what he wants to each person. Christ is just like the human body. A body is a unit and has many parts. And all the parts of the body are one body, even though there are many. We were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek or slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Certainly the body isn't one part, but many. The word of God for the people of God. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your holy word and the potential transformation that's possible as believers. I'm thankful for the people in this church this evening with all of their different spiritual gifts and talents. Lord, you've made each person here unique, but also in your image. Lord, I pray that I speak only on your truth tonight and that your Holy Spirit fills this place. Amen. So tonight, I'm gonna talk about using your gifts in service to the church and others. A lot of you are familiar with the summer lunch at the garden and how it started, but in case you haven't heard the story, here's where it began. About four years ago, the four churches that make up the Corner Church Collective, which is Bethany Lutheran, Community of Joy, Beacon of Light, and the Restoration Project, met in the Fellowship Hall of Bethany Lutheran to brainstorm different community projects the churches could work on together. Out of that evening, the creation of a community garden in the Camden Avenue area was born. All four churches also expressed a longing to help children in some way. Fast forward a year or so, and the community garden was a success. This is the Camden Community Garden. It's a garden that was begun for the Camden Avenue neighborhood. People are able to freely take and eat whatever's available for harvest. Since its inception, people are not only eating healthier foods, but they're creating a tight-knit community like neighborhoods used to be. Neighbors are becoming friends and are looking out for each other. Pastor Martin Hutchinson, the brainchild of the community garden, who's here this evening, began to notice one consistent thing. Whenever he or any other adult showed up to work at the garden, neighborhood kids came running. They were interested in what was happening. They began to help out. They learned about fresh food, 
I can vividly remember one day a kid insisting that a tomato was an onion. He just had no knowledge of anything. So they yearned for the attention that they received from the garden volunteers. The more those kids were engaged that first summer, the less mischief that happened. When planning was taking place for the second season at the garden, we wanted to address the fact that so many of these kids were hungry during the summer months. I made a phone call to inquire about school lunches being delivered to the garden so they could be guaranteed at least one meal a day. When I made that first phone call, I was told that they had not had much success with summer feeding programs. I really can't stand that terminology. Um, but that they, some, they hadn't had a whole lot of success without some sort of program attached to it. So during that phone call, summer lunch at the garden was born. Our first summer consisted of free Wicomico County provided lunches and some sort of craft or game that occurred before the food was served. We hoped that by setting it up that way, it would draw more kids out. By the end of the summer, we were averaging 25 to 30 kids a day. We concluded the summer with an outdoor movie night complete with popcorn and snow cones. We also gave out backpacks filled with school supplies for the whole year. Folks at TRP had the opportunity to sponsor a backpack for under 10 bucks. You easily took care of that need. And I can't express to you how much those kids treasured those backpacks. This is one of my favorite pictures. Many of the kids watched the whole movie that night with the full backpacks on, not wanting to take them off. In the fall, we continued with Saturdays at the Garden to continue the relationships that we had developed over that summer. We had a snack, made a craft, and even helped with some of the kids' homework for the weekend. In our first summer, we really began to see change in some of the kids. So this is Rosalie. For the majority of the summer, she didn't talk, and she rarely smiled, too. Uh, we didn't know her name. We called her Sweet Pea because she didn't speak, and she didn't smile, and so we kind of made up our own name. So this is... She was Sweet Pea, but we did find out that her name was Rosalie. She loved to be held and hugged. Her longing for love and attention was apparent. It didn't take long for her to wrap many of us around her little finger. By the end of the summer, she always had a smile on her face and was talking up a storm, and you really can't get her to stop now. <laughs> this is Marie. She absolutely loves art. She loves to draw, paint, make things, and get her hands dirty with crafts. Marie has a gigantic heart and thinks of everybody before herself. She has a lot of responsibility for somebody as young as she is. She takes care of her three younger siblings for much of the day. When she's at the garden, she's able to do the things that she loves, like painting pictures of everyone. She gets to be a kid, if only for an hour and a half of the day. Last summer brought so much community involvement. Old Town Deli provided 40 lunches per day, Monday through Friday, June through September, which was awesome. Volunteers from PRMC came out each week, as did Avery Hall employees and Salisbury Art Space. Different members of the police force came out to have lunch with the kids and just hang out with them. It's been an absolute pleasure to watch the growth of the program a program that wouldn't exist without God's people. Katie, Dory, and Chloe were holding kids and playing nearly every day that first summer. 
Marnie and Nadia have put in countless hours, and Christy and Melissa were regulars by the end of last summer. Paul draws the analogy that Christ is like the human body. A body is a unit and has many parts. Just like the people in this room tonight have unique gifts and talents that contribute back to the whole. Individuals from TRP funded all the weeks of activities. The body of the church is responsible for this program. The hour that you give of your time means more to these kids than they can even verbalize. Maybe the garden isn't your thing. Maybe your thing is something that we've been unable to begin up until now. Maybe it's implementing a middle school program for our soon-to-be TRP middle schoolers. Maybe it's starting a diaper bank. Perhaps your thing is something that you felt a nudge to do, but just have never acted on. Whatever gift you've been given by God should be used for God's glory. If you look around, you know that each person in this church has been made in God's image and has unique spiritual gifts. A program like Summer Lunch at the Garden or any of the ones that I just mentioned need all kinds of people with various kinds of skills. Now, if you have spent any time volunteering in a capacity like this, especially with children, you know that you don't always feel appreciated. Sometimes you get a thank you, but more often than not, you don't. I admit that it's nice to be thanked and to feel like you've making a contribution to something bigger than yourself, but that's not why we serve. I recently read a book called Free of Charge, where the author Miroslav Volf spends the first two-thirds of it questioning our motives and purity in giving, whether those gifts are money or time or talent. At first, the book really hit a nerve within me. The author struck me as incredibly cynical. Of course I'm given and serving with pure motives. But when I began to absorb what he wrote, I realized that he's probably more right than I'm willing to admit. When we give, again, of our time or our money or our talent, what's our motive? Do we give because we like to receive recognition for it? Do we expect a thank you and we're secretly a little bit irked when we don't get it? Do we give because it makes us feel good? Let me say it again. These things are not the reasons why we serve and give. It ultimately comes to this. God is a giver. Volf writes, God gives so we have something to give, but there is more. Our passing on the gifts to others, our goodwill, strength, and effort is God's. In Luther's terms, because the gift-giving Christ acts in us, when we give, we are gift-bearing Christ to others. When we give, it's Christ who gives. As we think about ourselves as givers, there's something to rejoice about. We are instruments in God's hand, and we give to delight others and alleviate their needs. But there's nothing to be proud of. God is doing the giving, and it is God, not us, who deserves the gratitude. Simply put, we are instruments of Christ and he gives through us. If we change our thinking and our motives around the topic of giving, it can be absolutely freeing. I can think of so many times over my life when I've served and I felt slighted because I felt like I was met with some major ingratitude. It's happened with children and adults alike. 
I've served and I've volunteered my time and felt taken advantage of at times. But you know what? The God whose goodness gladly loses its good deed on the unthankful continues to give. So we too continue to give despite the gratitude or the ingratitude that we receive. Volf also, Volf also asserted that the metaphor of the fruit, as in the fruit of the Spirit, in Galatians, is pretty significant. Fruit is not made nor squeezed out of a plant. It grows on its own. Just as Christ-like virtues do, and so does giving when at its best, it then becomes second nature. I've been thinking about the story from Matthew lately, from Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46. Now when the human one comes in his majesty and all his angels are with him, he will sit on his majestic throne. All the nations will be gathered in front of him. He will separate them from each other, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right side, but the goats he will put on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who will receive good things from my father, inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you before the world began. I was hungry and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then those who are righteous will reply to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you as a stranger and welcome you or naked and give you clothes to wear? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? Then the king will reply to them, I assure you that when you have done it for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you have done it for me. Then he will say to those on his left, get away from me, you who will receive terrible things. Go into the unending fire that has been prepared for the devil and his angels. I was hungry and you didn't give me food to eat. I was thirsty and you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't welcome me. I was naked and you didn't give me clothes to wear. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. And then they will reply, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and didn't do anything to help you? Then he will answer, I assure you that when you haven't done it for the least of these, you haven't done it for me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous ones will go into eternal life. As the people of God, we're called to serve and give. It's not optional. This is actually a central point of the Christian faith. There are so many people in this world who don't have their basic needs met, food, shelter, safety. If you've been at TRP for any amount of time, you've likely heard Josh say that we're called to take care of and include the marginalized. I also encourage you to go through your days imagining the people you encounter are Jesus. Would you respond differently? love differently, serve differently. Jesus calls us to serve and to take care of others even when we don't feel like it. We do it because it's our calling. It's part of how we love God and love others. If I may take license with the verses from Matthew, I can relate to the scripture 
in a whole, way, whole new way now. As you all know, my family and I lost our home to a fire in November. When I woke up to the smell of smoke and the sound of exploding glass, it was in the middle of the night, a particularly cold night. I think it was in the 20s. I ran out of the house in a short sleeve t-shirt and pajama pants, no shoes, no eyeglasses, nothing. In a matter of minutes, we lost about just, just about all of our earthly possessions. As anyone that knows us can attest, the next few weeks and months were incredibly difficult. And I'm not gonna lie, they still are some days. This experience has left us in a place of vulnerability like never before. We were left literally barefoot with nothing more than the clothes we were wearing. What happened next could be why I found some of Voff's writing so cynical. We experienced firsthand and continue to experience the love of God through ordinary people. Family, friends, church family, friends of friends, and even complete strangers provided for us and made sure that we knew we weren't going through it alone. We were provided the basic needs of clothing, shelter, and food. I have to be honest, it was really difficult the first couple of weeks to make the transition from someone who's typically on the serving end of things to being someone who had to accept a lot of help. We eventually got to a place where we accepted help a little more readily, but it was still hard to trade places and to be completely vulnerable. I realize now that the monetary gifts and the gifts of time and of hard work were directly from God. God the giver was doing his thing through ordinary but spectacular people. It was so humbling to receive the love of God through so many in our community. My challenge to you tonight is to think how humbling the gift of God, the gift that God gave in Jesus Christ is. Again, God is a giver. There's no greater gift than his son and the change that is possible in your life. I challenge you to think about your giving practices, whether of money or time or talent, and think about your motives. Are you a vessel for God or are you? without even knowing it, giving with selfish motives. Let's pray. Holy God, we thank you for being a giver. Thank you for working in and through us to make a difference in this world. We thank you for your ultimate gift and sacrifice of Jesus. We praise you for the redemptive power that comes to us freely through him. Lord, I ask that in the coming days and weeks, you will remind us to give and serve with clear hearts. When we're, when we're confronted by someone with needs, let us take care of those needs without hesitation. And God, help us to live our lives knowing that in a heartbeat, we can go from being the giver to being the receiver. Help us to be vulnerable to your call. It's in your precious son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We invite you to join us in Salisbury for one of our weekly services on Sunday evenings at 5.30 p.m. Whatever your story, there's room for you here. Again, if you'd like more information, please visit our website at restoresby.org.
See you next week.